Premier League about to return. Bayern one game away from clinching the Bundesliga title. This week should have been the start of the Euros and the introduction of a new segment. I am Matthijs and with me is Rory. Welcome to episode 2 of the Dutch and Scott Sportscast. Thanks for tuning in to our second episode. If you listened to the first one, thank you very much. We appreciate all the support that we got. Today's world, obviously, there's no league for me nor ties to talk about in our respective countries. However, there's a lot going on in football still, thanks to Corona, and uh, we're just going to talk through some of the the key points from the last week or so. We'll start off with the uh, Bayern Munich league title, Matthias. Yeah, so the Bundesliga seems to be rounding up quite, quite well, unsurprisingly, let's say that. Before yeah. the start of the before the restart actually of the Bundesliga, there were still some hopes that Borussia Dortmund would be able to cause an upset, but this simply hasn't been the case with Bayern beating Dortmund before. And now after um, Bayern won again um, in a game against Borussia Mönchengladbach, they are one game away from getting their seventh or eighth straight Bundesliga title. They're playing some brilliant football as well. I don't know if you've seen much of them, Matthias, but I'm, I'm very impressed by them. Yeah, I've been trying to keep up with the Bundesliga somewhat after the return because it's um, one of the biggest leagues that has returned. So it is some interesting football. But um, I am saddened about the fact that they're doing so well, but there's no denying that they're playing great football. Yeah, I think, if, I mean, right now, if the, Prem- if the Champions League for Toulouse start, I, I wouldn't know. Bayern out winning it yeah no I think they they go very far um, even winning it as you said um, but what's yeah, your thoughts on a bit of an outlandish statement Alfonso Davies best left back in the world who um, what would Alexander Arnold say he's a right back is he oh Robertson plays left back Robertson's probably the closest yeah that's my my football knowledge there um, yeah. no um <laughs> One of them, yeah, it's a, a surprising development that he's that he's made, and who knows where he is going to end up. I mean, he's, he's started off pretty high up. He might do a Shakiri and go backwards. <laughs> well, let's hope for him that he won't. Nah, so nothing. I think he'll do great. I mean, he's fast, he's strong. Actually, not yeah. too bad in the tackle. Yeah, so yeah. he's a pretty good left back, considering. But yeah, like like you said, Bayern are playing some amazing stuff, and um, we'll see where they're going to end up for you know next season and the seasons to come, the Champions League. And yep. for Dortmund, um, well, just hope for them that they can keep their squad together, and and Haaland, just especially Haaland. Keep, yeah, he's so important. They have to keep him. Trouble. Yeah, scoring a, a last-minute winner like last weekend to you know ensure that Bayern wouldn't run away with it even further. It was a very important goal against uh, Fortuna Düsseldorf in the last minute. So yeah, we'll see. Um, we've also got the European Cup, which was ready to start this week. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was um, well looking forward to it a lot because I mean. Um, it was the return of the Netherlands to a major tournament after a few yeah. years without participating. Uh, I wish which I could was... say the same for Scotland. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, 
I, I cannot really relate to the feeling because it was just so weird for the Netherlands to not be present during a, a major tournament. Yeah. And, uh, well, we were all so excited and and the mood was getting ever more optimistic with the weeks, uh, months passing leading up to the tournament because, you know, the the major players were actually doing quite well and there was actually some optimistic sentiment that the Netherlands could go far. Yeah. I had the Netherlands tipped off as, some, as a team who... Aside from France, the yeah. Netherlands were probably them and Netherlands and Italy were probably the two that I would have said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think England were a favourite, but I've got some controversial opinions about the, <laughs> this English side. So, yeah, I think we would have done we would have done well. Um, would we have won it? I I don't think so. Um, would it? Not that you nice? could have beat the French the French team. Huh? No, I think they're just like too well rounded and too solid in every aspect of their game. I mean, the youth alone. Yeah, like the the French team is so so well balanced. It's yeah, kind yeah. of terrifying. If you could centre backs, France would do it. Have you seen even the youth centre backs? Uh, the Leipzig too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they are very good, impressive. Yeah, very, very, very good. Um, next thing we've got here is the uh, end of the Sky Bet League One and Two. Yeah, so as you might have seen, um, the Premier League is about to return. So English football is coming back, but not on every level. The The amateur leagues and the National League uh, were already suspended a while ago, I believe. And now the decision has finally um, come for the Skybet League 1 and the Skybet League 2. And it didn't come without controversy. No, no, it's it's looking like the same in all the in promotion relegation. All the relegated teams aren't kicking up a fuss, and yeah, yeah. yeah. The... I understand this one personally. I think it's a bit biased. I think if you're going to start the top tier, you should be starting all the tiers, and the lower league tiers surely are safer. Yeah, that's what I've I was thinking as well. I'm I'm surprised by this decision, um, in a way that. Um, it's not fair. I'm not surprised yeah. in a way that they've cancelled it because I think that's quite a reasonable decision to do so, especially with still the current situation as it is in England right now. So the th- yeah, the thing in England is they're opening up Primark, they're opening up all the, the shops, the pubs are opening up. And st- yeah, the problem is your Rovers can't play Bolton. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just very, very inconsistent. And I, I feel for yeah. the teams that have been relegated. And on the other side, I mean, the teams that have been promoted, I, I get their, um, you know, their their excitement and their happiness, which is obviously understandable from their perspective as well. Um, a good yeah. example being Coventry, a team that has suffered um, a lot over the past recent years and have just, like, been confirmed, promoted back to the championship. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... But then as well, when you look at the top of that table, um, I've seen one Sunderland fan being very annoyed. I'm sure there's many. Being that Sunderland are three points off a second. They're sitting yeah, in seventh yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. All close, and they just called it like that. I, just, I think it's... I'm, other leagues, I think that, you know, obviously looking at Scotland, I think they've made the right decision to call it. But 
I wouldn't have been happy if they'd said the Premiership could continue and the Championship could continue, but League One and League Two are done. I wouldn't have been happy with that. It's um, uh, it's a very difficult decision to explain yeah. because it's a very inconsistent decision with everything else yeah. that's happening um, in England. Either continue all the leagues, and it's not like as well. You know, when you look at Scottish football, there's a big difference. Yeah. Top league and the bottom league. There's not. Oh, there is a big difference, but compare some of the, 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 the stadiums and the infrastructure in the lower leagues of English football compared to other lower leagues that are going ahead. The sinking part have Coventry City. I mean, I know they're playing at a different stadium at the minute, but even their home stadium's huge. Rakoa Stadium, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a massive stadium. And compared to, you know, the, the other stadiums in the lower leagues in Scotland, from which I know that they're just like a, a field with... One stand. With a stand, yeah. From, yeah, exactly. From experience, so, I've seen it. Yeah, There's it's no the comparison. same in other leagues. I mean, in the lower leagues, and you know, you know, we went through a whole list of Eastern European leagues, etc. That are going to restart. They don't have the infrastructure that the lower leagues of England have. Yeah, yeah, no, like the the lower leagues in England are regarded like internationally as as an example. Like here as well. The, um, I don't know if you know that recently a lot of teams switched over to to plastic pitches. Which yeah. are kind of reverting back to now, but always the example that was given was, but look at the the low leagues in England, the pitches are yeah. are so so good, and why can but we not it, have it like that? I mean, we made a we made a trip to uh, to Carlisle a while ago, didn't we, And yeah, it was a good, yeah. it was a very good stadium. Yeah, very nice the quality, stadium. I mean, the stadium itself was like pretty. That's that's, that's what I liked about too. it. And but then like the the the, the infrastructure, it's so good. Yeah, but, the infrastructure of the lower leagues of England. Yeah. But uh, I don't think the last word uh, has been said about no. about this yet. Um, the the teams are are going to fight for their for their rights and they're going to fight for their chance to stay in their respective leagues, like Tranmere, yeah. um, which is a good example. Um, but yeah, uh, I think this will this will have like something more said about it. I'm sure. Yeah. Speaking of um, for more being. About the whole league discover mm-hmm. the new proposed plan from Hearts that's just been voted for, and uh, today, yeah, it's looking like it's been turned uh, against again. It looks like it's been voted against for like the third or fourth time now, but that just be Hearts are going to go to court and try and do what's happened in France, etc. Oh yeah, yeah, with uh, oh yeah, that's what happened last week. Just yeah, like uh, after we stopped recording. Um, Amiens and Toulouse uh, won their case and stayed in league, huh? So yeah, they will not get relegated. Yeah, so I mean, who knows what's going to happen up here? Personally, from my point of view, I don't think that they should really I understand why. Because yeah. I do feel like you know, if if it was Hamilton at the bottom getting relegated, and if in in the in the championship it was you know. Aloha, no one would be batting an eye, they'd just be like, right, fair enough. But it's because yeah, yeah, it's Hearts yeah, yeah. and Thistle. They're like, and Thistle aren't even making much of a deal of it. They don't want to go back Hearts and trying to stay up, but they're not doing Hearts are just trying to fight for their own house, basically. But um, I, I think that, I know now it's starting to look more positive with Corona, but at the time, it was looking very dark. Mm-hmm. And I understand why the SPFL were like, well, we need to 
dish out the money if we need to end the league, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, it was voted, it was voted through. All the clubs thought, yes, we should do this. Yeah. And they should just kind of think. Yeah. Yeah, I know the same day, thing happened here. Easy. Yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't like it to be my team. I wouldn't like it to be Morton, but it is what it is. You can't, you know, there's been a pandemic. Thousands and thousands have died. Hearts are probably, they've got the money to just turn around and come straight back up. Same goes Thistle. Yeah. And at the end of the day, both clubs were at the bottom of the league. They've been in the bottom of the league the whole season. I know, especially in Thistle's case, they were starting to pull it back. But don't play rubbish football for a full season. Then when something like that happens, you don't get relegated. I agree. Pretty I simple. agree. Well, yeah. I mean, same you know, thing, if, same if thing were sitting in sixth and got relegated, they'd be all right, okay, obviously, because that'd be daft. But they're, they're bottom of the table. They've been bottom the whole season. They've been awful the whole season. They yeah. deserve to be relegated. Had the game, had the season went on another like eight games, I wouldn't have been surprised to see either team relegated. So I think that they should just kind of give it a rest and, and accept it. Accept it, deal with it, move on, and yeah. see what happens. Yeah, it's clear that no one else is backing them on this. I mean, a few clubs are, but it's clear there's not a majority, and they just need to kind of move on. True, I agree. And do you have any other uh, results or anything that you noticed over the past weekend? Well, we've got the um, the Liga was obviously back. Uh-huh. A few interests that started off with uh, Sevilla Real Betis. On the 11th of June, it was a 2 0 win for Sevilla, which was interesting to watch. I don't know if you caught any of it. No, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't able to watch, unfortunately. It was interesting to see. I mean, um, it was weird to watch. Like Danny Parejo is usually a very, very good figure for Sevilla. He was a bit off his game. You could tell he wasn't, you know, the same as he was before all this mm. happened. He was, he was tired. He looked a bit sluggish. His passes weren't coming off the same way. And the other side, Ocampos has been a huge player for Sevilla as well this season. Yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely incredible. It looks like he never stopped. And I think that might be just down to, and I think it'll be interesting to see along all the top leagues, the style of players. Mm-hmm. Players who rely on passing, like Danny Perejo, etc., who are very, you know, passing the move, they ball around very well and stuff. They might struggle because they might be fit, but the practice... They, can't, they don't get the same level of training on their strengths as Ocampos is fast and good at dribbling, which he can train on with himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I've been thinking as well. Like the, the level of some players will not be the same as it was before. Yeah. I think but, it'll uh, be all down to style because you look at you know, Ryan Sterling, for example, I think he'll be fine because he's fast, he's fast and good at dribbling. So he can, you know, as long as he's maintained and trained, then he'll be fine. But you look at uh, maybe Bruno Fernandes won't be quite as good as he was because he's passing. He hasn't been able to pass to other players properly, you know, consistently, and practice things like this for a while. So we'll see who's on and off the game. Um, but other notable uh, results, there's a lot of draws and stuff. But on Saturday, Barcelona beat Mallorca 4 0. Mm-hmm. Messi scored and got two assists, which was interesting to see. And um, another way, Real Madrid beat Ivar 3 1. Last so night. both of them still on course of no no both uh, getting them, a yeah, st- still two points between them yeah. at the current minute um, we also had I believe some Serie A results didn't we yeah no it was um, the the Coppa Italia the cup yeah that was yeah, it yeah, so, beat Inter. yeah last time we discussed the restart of Serie A mm. um, but before the actual league 
they returned with the cup and the cup final is being played in a few days mm -hmm. so before everything restarts again they kind of want to have the cup over with and the cup final will be on the 17th and it will be between juventus and napoli yeah so also an interesting final to to look forward to and after that the uh, next weekend the serie a will return the big talk on that one was um ronaldo didn't have a very good game no as i've read yeah i uh i heard that he stayed under the radar for like most of the yeah. game and he wasn't really noticed by by many people watching the game so um we'll see how how he will develop and i mean in the final he's he's a big game player so he can he can show himself again he can showcase himself to the world because many people will be watching yep definitely and he also um i mean the other thing people need to remember with him is he's aging i mean it's hard it's hard to see and you don't want them to start losing it a little bit but yeah he's, he's i know he's, he's getting to the stage where it's you would expect players to start yeah, not performing yeah. to a high standard, and it's, it's fantastic weird, he's right? managed to for so long. But I mean, a pandemic that's caused him to be out to not play for a few months is probably the exact thing he didn't need at this stage of his career. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see the old Ronaldo. Yeah, and especially like again. for us, our generation, it feels like Ronaldo, but also Messi have been around forever, and it's kind of yeah. weird to see them. I mean, getting to the latter stages of their career. Which is inevitable, yeah, I mean, I think, but it's going to happen. It was always going to be the case, I think, if Messi would kind of consistently play for longer. I mean, there's a, there's a lot more natural talent with Messi. Mm -hmm. Or physical hard work, determination. Can't keep up. He's 35 now. Yeah. That has to be a time where he starts to deteriorate. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be rubbish. I think he'll still be... still be, He'll still probably still do a, a good job for Juventus and whatever it goes next they'll probably still do a very good job but i just don't think we'll see the same ronaldo again true we'll have to look forward to the final and, and see what happens there hey you could prove me wrong yeah and one I thing before uh we move on to the next segment is something out of the ordinary that uh, we noticed over the weekend an 8-1 result in the beautiful country of albania where yeah. partizani beat luftetari and 8-1, which is um, always a result that, like, catches the eye. Oh, it does, it does. What's the worst result you've ever seen your team being involved in? Um, I've seen PSV being beaten at home 6-2 um, on two occasions. You're ready to hear this one? Sorry? You're ready to hear my one? Uh, yes, please. I watched Green Morton lose to Hamilton Academical 10-2 on the final game of the season. 10-2? Them. Yeah, we got relegated that season, as you probably tell. And uh, it was a bit controversial because Hamilton needed to win by eight goals to go up. <laughs> Ooh. Like, what happened? Oh, okay, I'm okay. Not, I'm not pointing any fingers or anything. But... Well. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's turned into one of those games where at the time I was gubbed by it. I, was, I felt wrong, but it's a bit of a joke now, isn't it? It's like, ah, I was at the 10-2 game. You know? uh, I mean, uh, you kind of move on, don't you? Yeah, yeah, it's now just seen as a bit of a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, especially because we came back up again, but yeah. I mean, that's the most important, right, isn't it? Well, exactly, we came, came straight back up, we had a good season in the, in the league below. Um, it's good to see your team win a title.
on the 17th of June, the Premier League will finally return and Liverpool will continue their hunt for a, a league title after winning, uh, not winning it for a very long time. So, um, are you excited for the restart of the Premier League? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, any football at this time. I think that, um, as far as I'm aware, anyway, it's free to view. So, I'll be tuning in and uh, yeah. watching some of that. It'll be good. It'll be good to watch some football. Um, yeah, it's probably the most anticipated result yet. Or the restart yeah. yet, I guess. Yeah, especially up here in the UK. I mean, it's, it's the biggest league. Uh, I, I like it. I like to watch it as a league. I don't think there's a specific team. I would say that I have a, a real affiliation to it, but I think the league as a whole can provide some some good football. It's got some good players, yeah, some good characters. Yeah. So, uh, but we're going to look through the first weekend of games, and we're going to ask you your predictions for ties and see what you have to think. So um, on Wednesday, we've got the first game. I think we talked about this one last week. Aston Villa, Sheffield. Yes, we did, and I predicted a one 0 to Sheffield. Yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. Sheffield are very good. Good to see them live this season. And uh, it was fantastic. Um, then later on that night, we've got a biggie. We've got Man City versus Arsenal. Yeah, I can. I cannot see Arsenal getting a result there. Also because Man City should be fired up to maybe pull off a wonder. Um, so I think that would be quite an easy victory for Man City. So I'm going to predict, uh, predict a 3-0. See, I'm not so sure, Matthias. Controversially. Um, I think that the, there's all to play for for Arsenal too. Mm-hmm. They'll be pushing for the, the top top four. They've got a bit of a, a challenge there. They're eight points off the top four. But, and they've got a guy. I think I could see a draw or a bit of an upset there. Aubameyang's incredible. Well, it would only make things better for Liverpool. Yeah. But um, yeah. personally, I, I would be surprised if, if Arsenal got a result. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough then. And um, on Friday, we open up with Norwich Southampton. It's a uh, it's quite a tricky one in in the the bottom region. Um, yeah, for Norwich, last, yeah, it might be one of their last opportunities to to get something done. Uh, Southampton are doing yeah. slightly better with like 14th place, 34 points, seven points um, adrift from the relegation zone. Hmm. Mm. It is a difficult one because if, if Norwich could find some form. It'd be ideal time to do so. Yeah, this is the game for them to, to get some points. So I could see a 2-1 uh, like happening in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, and then again, Friday night, we've got a, a, good, a good game. We've got Spurs Man U, which is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, generally, I would think it would be a Spurs win, um, but we also have to keep in mind that there will be less of a of a home advantage now due to the fact that there's no supporters. So That's true. this kind of uh, makes me believe that Man United could cause an upset and and win at New White Hart Lane. Yeah, I mean, I um, with that game. Got a bit of a soft spot for both sides. I like, I've uh, got a bit of a soft spot for Man U, obviously, growing up Fergie, etc. But yeah. uh, not necessarily Spurs, but Jose Mourinho, big fan of him. So I'm kind of straight down the middle with this one. I could see a draw. Yeah, yeah, I could see it going both ways. Um, I agree with you. Uh, although I, I do, 
I would like to see a Steven Bergwijn goal. Of course, of course. Maybe we can have a 1 1. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll yeah, settle, for that. I'll settle for that. Yeah, yeah, let's settle for that. That would be yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Saturday, uh, we start off with Watford Leicester. I think this is a fairly obvious one here. Yeah, I could I could not see anything else but a Leicester win. Um yeah. I know that Watford uh, could cause an upset and they're the only one to to beat Liverpool. So, you know, they have it in their locker to to cause an upset, but Well yeah, yeah, yeah you never know, but I mean your heart has to see like Yeah, no, I, I think it, I Leicester. think it'll be uh a, a routine Leicester win though this time. Although as a, a repeat of that infamous playoff uh, semi-final game. It's one of my, my favourite like videos. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, Maybe uh... another Dini. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a Dini moment. You never know. I mean, you never know. He can show up out of nowhere, can he not? Yeah, I mean, well, he's done in that game, didn't he? But, yes. And probably, my, I, I agree with you, probably my favourite clip from my game. Yeah, after the... Um, there's, there's a few... PSV examples that I can give, but to to speak more about things that people might know more, the the one yeah. Aguero goal against Queens Park Rangers yeah. in, the, in the league title, the league deciding game. That's do you know that was Balotelli's only ever assist, ever. Yeah. Well, it came, well, uh, came I, at I, a good I, time for them. Up until that point, I think it was like 2017 or something. He may have had an assist since then, but I doubt it. Brescia. I don't know. I didn't really <laughs> check. I don't in think on. he's played much at Brescia, but um, no, yeah. up until 2017, that was his only ever assist was to Aguero for that moment. Damn. All right. So, yeah. Interesting one for you. Um, next one we have got Brighton Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal uh, again. Yeah. Um, well, um, after they're going to get beaten by Manchester City. Uh, <laughs> they will uh, return victorious uh, from Brighton. You would think so. Yeah, think so. It is kind of like, like kicking in uh, open doors, like being obvious. But um, yeah, I think they will win. Yeah, yeah, I can't see Brighton getting a result from there. Uh, West Ham Wolves are next. It's an interesting one, um, because of course West Ham have invested a lot. Uh, so have Wolves. So yeah. as pretty much every team in the Premier League, to be honest, but yeah, I think West Ham could could cause an upset. Do you? Yeah, um, but the the obvious answer would be uh, Wolves win. But yeah, if I if I Again, put the team side by side, Wolves Wolves are the better side. My my head says Wolves, my heart says West Ham. I'd like to see West Ham win this, but I don't think they're right. Okay, um, I can see that. Yeah. And um, we've got Bournemouth Crystal Palace next. Yeah, if I'd have to choose um, a favorite team in the Premier League for me, it would be Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, but will they win against Bournemouth? Because Bournemouth can be a tricky little side to play. Uh, this year they have struggled a lot, so I think Crystal Palace will do it and will be victorious in Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, I, c- I could see that being the case too. Um, definitely. Moving on to Sunday, we've got Newcastle United versus Sheffield United. It's another one uh, of those, you know. Um, could be a very boring game. 
Don't you think so? Yeah. I mean, Sheffield play nice football. Yeah. Well, they they can. Yeah. They always keep yeah. surprising me. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got, as I said, I mean, they're, they're a bit of a surprise package. When you look at them, you don't really think. They're in, there's no big star names there. Um, aside from the signed, what was that? Birch? Isn't it? Birch? Norwegian uh, boy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, the from Genk. Yeah. Um, but, they are, I, I, I think Sheffield, again, they're too strong. I, I, again, I've seen them play against West Ham at Bramall Lane, and uh, Dean Henderson's a fantastic goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Up front, um, the, the, the team just all links very well together. Uh, McBurney played as a link striker. is actually very, very good. I'm not a huge fan of him himself, but he's very good as a linked-up striker. Um, he doesn't look like he'd be one, but he is. And uh, John <laughs> Fleck as well. Surprise package. Very good. True, yeah. Yeah. I could see them so, winning this 1-0 again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, moving on to Aston Villa-Chelsea. Well, I think this, the same thing applies here because Chelsea are, are such a good good team, very young. Um, they they have, in my opinion, the right approach because, like, uh, you know, getting young players in, young English players, for example, as well, which is important for, yeah, I mean, the league and, and the national team. And Aston Villa have just not shown enough. Um, they have struggled a lot, especially, like, the last... Uh, games um they lost four games in a row before the mm. the shutdown um like it is very very hard to predict anything here uh no i mean because of the the corona situation you never know what's going to happen but the the easy answer would be a chelsea win so i mean i'd give it a a one three to chelsea yeah yeah i think chelsea will easily be victorious in this one and uh, the final game of the weekend for the Premier League's Everton Liverpool yeah the Merseyside derby yeah um, I mean without the the fans in the stands it, it will be a somewhat different experience um, which in this case could really play into Liverpool's hands um, yeah. they haven't really struggled away from home um, because they haven't really struggled simply put so uh-huh. Uh, they have always routinely won their games um, very consistently, very solidly. And I'm sure they will do the same uh, away at Everton. They will get mm. one over their rivals and they will win 2-0. I mean, the last um, Merseyside derby was on Amazon Prime to watch. And I gave it a watch and it was a very, very good game. And in fact, I think Everton were very unlucky as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was a 5-3 win in the end. Um, yeah. and I genuinely believe the only reason that Liverpool won is because they played near enough perfect game yeah they, they were just they, there was no beating them but I think Everton have potentially said, a very good team but oh, yeah. they've got Carlo Ancelotti at the helm uh-huh. you know they can do anything really with that sort of power up top I, I, I just think that um, I don't know I, can, I could see potential upset there Liverpool are obviously a lot of pressure on them. It depends how they play under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Everton, they have it in them. 
to cause an upset. So I think it'll be maybe a, a closer game. Yeah. Personally. Personally, not, I don't know if I can give an exact prediction, but uh, yeah, closer game. I just a fact check just there by the way the Balotelli thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one assist in his career. <laughs> and it was the Aguero one. One assist in his career. He yeah. averages, I think it's 0.192 assists. Wow. He's only ever had one assist. It's crazy. And it was that Aguero goal. What, what a goal assist, mind you, if you were to pick Yeah, goal. like I said, if there's ever an assist to give. Yeah, it's that one. Um... Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to ask you your top four prediction for the Premier League. Um, I'll go for uh, Liverpool top. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. um, City, Manchester City second. Yeah. Um, I think it might be either uh, Chelsea or United uh-huh. finishing third. Okay. And then Leicester could either finish fourth um, or fifth. Okay. Okay. Personally, much the same. I'm going to go Liverpool, Man City. I think Leicester are going to finish third. Um, and then I, I'm just going to see how they are at the minute I think Chelsea will finish fourth I can't see them slipping up with the squad they've got um, however I would like to see Wolves try and make a push for fourth but we'll see and, um, it's also very close because Sheffield as well they have a game in hand on Wolves and they oh, are on, on equal points I mean yeah, if they I'd win if they win their game in hand um, they could yeah. go fifth I mean, there's also potential for Tottenham and Arsenal to make a push, mm-hmm. too. That's actually the top. They're from places probably three to realistically ten to make a push for the, the top yeah, four. It's, it's it's close still, like down there. It is um, quite a tight league, except for uh, first place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now your relegation. Who do you think the will be relegated? A bit of a tougher one. Mm, I mean, I cannot see uh, anyone but Norwich finishing twentieth. Yeah. Um, but then, like, it, it gets very difficult. But because I, I don't think Southampton will go down. Yeah. Um, but then you have Brighton, West Ham, Watford, Bournemouth, and Aston Villa. Yeah. We're all in the mix, and it could be any of them. Um, yeah. If I'd have to give a prediction, I'd, I'd say Bournemouth. We're also going to go yeah. down. And maybe Bolton and Brighton, because I think out of the ones they might have the the most difficult schedule. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're also looking at Villa have a game in hand. They win that, they leapfrog a lot of them. Yeah. So I, I, I would agree with that. I think it'll be a Norwich, Bournemouth, um, Brighton. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I hope the to see Aston Villa staying up because it's uh, yeah. you know, a, a big traditional club. Yeah, yeah, I, I like Villa. I like Villa. There's a lot to like him. Yeah, yeah, so definitely true. It yeah. will be. It will be interesting to see what's going to happen because I think. Um, do you know exactly how many games it will take for Liverpool to to win the league? Uh, I mean, like one or two off, didn't they? Weren't they just before it all finished? Sorry, there were only one or two games off winning it. Yeah, I, I believe so, because, um, so what if Manchester City um, loses against Arsenal like you? Uh, I imagine if Man City lose to Arsenal, Liverpool win, that would be done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Liverpool deserve it. 
I've got no complaints about Liverpool winning it. They, they deserve it. They've got the best squad. Um, I think to for them to maybe repeat that, they're going to need to improve the midfield a bit. I know you won't like to hear this, but the midfield three aren't the strongest. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Wijnaldum is just he's just a very consistent player, but I wouldn't say he's world class like most nah, of the other not. players are. But then again, do they use the midfield much? They tend to rely on defence, switching it to the wings, pace up the top, get it in the box. Mm. Cool. Yeah, solid in the back, fast up front. Yeah, exactly. So they just they kind of just need the midfield to, to be there, really. Yeah, it's a it's a and mix that, that has worked for them very well um, this season. Yeah. I mean, and the season before, they were also like a, a very very solid team with winning the Champions League, of course. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, there's clearly something about the midfield that does click, but there's no one when you look at the midfield options that makes me think world class. No, I think the um, the thing with Vinaldum, for example, is that he really gets you know, um, pushed up by, by his fellow players and it, it really lifts up his level because I remember yeah. when he left um, PSV to join Newcastle, I never expected him to, a year later, play for Liverpool and even a few years later, lift the Champions League. I mean, yeah, yeah, we all, we all really support him because, uh, as you might know as well, he's just a very, very good and very friendly guy. Yeah, yeah, he seems that anyway. It's the same with um, Henderson. I don't understand quite what it is he does. I've tried watching Liverpool a few times to figure it out, but whatever it is he does works. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with uh, with James Milner. If you'd see him, you wouldn't expect him to be such a good footballer. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a solid footballer. Don't get me wrong, but again, I don't think he's world class. No, but it, it just works, and and sometimes uh, that's all you need. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I mean. The, the same thing for Jurgen Klopp. If you, you'd see him around town, you just think, oh, he's just a, a normal general guy who, who works in an office. And, I mean, he he doesn't look like a world-class football coach, but then he makes up for it by being just an amazing guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, a good, he's a very good coach, Klopp. Yeah. A very good coach. He's a being of Pep Guardiola's existence. Definitely, and just his, uh, you know, his expressions, his his way of presenting himself just makes uh, make him very likable. Yeah, you have to feel bad for Pep Guardiola between Mourinho and now Klopp. He's just not getting a break, is he? He's always getting pestered. Yeah, yeah, he can't just be successful. Damn it. I mean, <laughs> but if you'd have to just think about about Guardiola in a context, right? Um, everywhere where he went, he has had an amazing squad. Yeah. He has had amazing players. He has had millions and millions to spend. And yeah. do you think he is, uh, I mean, he can be classified as a world-class coach? I do. I think his football is amazing. He mm -hmm. does get the best out of his players. Um, and I, there is no denying his achievements. There is obviously that aspect of... He's always worked at good clubs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. also the case of he's Barcelona. Obviously, probably coached the best, definitely coached the best team in my lifetime. But up there with one of the best teams of all times, and he, he has to get a lot of credit for that. But near the end, he fizzled out, and Mourinho done him basically. Mm -hmm. Went off to Bayern, 
Uh, never won a Champions League. Won a one-team league a few times, and even at that, Dortmund were on his tail. Yeah. Left. Went off to Man City first season, flopped it, even though he spent lots of money. Next two seasons, incredible, and it looks like he's lost it again now. So mm -hmm. he's, he is relatively inconsistent, considering. Um, and, you know, you always say, if you gave Klopp, if you gave Guardiola the job at Morton, could he take us to the top? Yeah, that's uh, what I've always been wondering because he's always come into to well-established top clubs. Yeah. Um, uh, I uh, all like I agree with you what you said about him. It's his style of football is great, and uh, watching him coach uh, Barcelona was amazing because it was one of the yeah. best teams um, probably in our lifetime. And yeah. But just he's he's just been somewhat inconsistent, and that's why I was I was wondering, and that's why I asked the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he has. I think, as I say, with the Morton one, if you gave Guardiola a job with us, it would, it would improve. But could he take it to the top? Probably not. If you gave Mourinho the job, or if he gave Klopp the job at Morton, I think we would. He, he could turn that sort of team around. Obviously, this isn't including things like you know the name that he carries, and you know if Guardiola got the job at Morton, I'm sure there'd be a few players that would jump at the chance to work under him. But uh, just a style. No, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think. If, you, if all three of them were unknown and went to take over a lower league football club, two of them would be able to turn them around. One of them might struggle a bit more than that one's Guardiola. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, yeah. But then they always seem to, to meet each other, Mourinho and Guardiola, wherever they go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a shame seeing Mourinho struggle a bit in the last few years. I'm a big fan of Mourinho and what he'd done. But mm -hmm. um, again, like Guardiola, He's a player. He's a manager whose style of football uh, fizzles out very fast. Yeah, Mourinho so. is is quite the character, though. He's just, um, you know, uh, like I said, Klopp and Guardiola, in in some respect, are very likable. And Mourinho has more of a group of people that dislike him. You say that, but he also has. I mean, in his career, when you look at it, he's got quite a strong following of players who have just followed him wherever he's went. Obviously. Uh, his career spans has had to I still have players following about but there is compared to Guardiola there's a lot of players who you know when he went from Chelsea he went from Porto to Chelsea and then he went Chelsea to Real Real back to Chelsea etc have followed him throughout that uh, Guardiola only two players in the entire career have followed him and those two were Thiago yeah and uh, bravo! Yeah, like all the all the players speak highly of of Mourinho, but it was yeah. as was more referring to the the general public. Oh, the general public! I think the players. Okay, yeah, no, yes. Yeah, but no, he's, the players is also an interesting like the viewpoint as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a he's got a strong. I, I don't know. He's, he's a controversial character. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I like him personally, so it's kind of hard for me to. Overly criticise him, but he is obviously he's a tough character, so I understand that a lot of people do not like him. They can't, especially very arrogant. Which mm -hmm. I mean, he has probably the... contributed considering as well. He wasn't a footballer. Yeah, no, but he he definitely has the the trophies to showcase that he is actually a good coach. Yeah, exactly. Well, he wasn't a footballer, so he had to he had to make his way in a game. Which you know, when it comes to managers. The best jobs go to the ex-players generally. Mm -hmm. You know, 
You look at um, Frank Lampard, if he had the Chelsea job right now, if he didn't play for Chelsea and play a higher league, no, he wouldn't. No. I mean, and he's done a great job, don't he? And hundreds of footballers who have taken jobs after being very successful footballers and not done very well. When Nino had to fight his way to the top. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I think um, just the, the the example of Lampard, as we said last week, uh, he, he got given the role. He's doing well. Um, yeah. And just imagine what he could do next week with, with Werner, uh, next week, next year. With, yeah, with, with Werner and Dietz, yeah. I know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, for for now, the, the Premier League is, is about to return in a few days. Yeah. So I guess both of us will just see what's going to happen, and um, well, we can recap after after the first week of games have been played. Yep. And potentially, um, yeah, you see if Liverpool are are nearly there or are already there. Yeah, 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 definitely. In this next segment, both of us will highlight a club in our new club highlight. Um, we will this time look at some obscure fallen giants and where they are now and where they used to be in the past. So if you would like to start and uh, you know explain why you chose the club that you chose. Yeah, so um, I went for Queen's Park Football Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, play currently in the Scottish League 2. Um, and they play at Hamden Park in Glasgow and you might be wondering why why I've picked Queen's Park um, I haven't done much for years and years and years but it's for the mere factor of they invented football ah. <laughs> which I think is a pretty notable I was gonna say thing for a club to do quite an interesting I mean, uh, and notable thing for, for all of the clubs in the world <laughs> yeah yeah I mean Technically, you'll remember 2018 World Cup, England singing it's coming home, mm-hmm. which was referring to England's invention of the game of football. Which technically they're correct; they, they invented the, the premise of football. But the game of football that we all know and love today was basically done by Queen's Park. England at the time were playing what was rugby with your feet. Yeah, it was. The bigger the team, the better the team. One player would have the ball at his feet, dribble forward, and then his players would kind of follow him in a formation. He wouldn't pass it. He'd get tackled, and the hope would be that the ball would bounce back to one of his teammates who'd continue the drive, right? Mm-hmm. So that was what, how football was played. It was basically rugby with your feet. And uh, that all changed when Queen's Park who were founded, by the way, in 1867. I meant to say that, one of the oldest clubs in the world. 1877. Uh, 1867 they were founded. 67. 1867, a good while ago. But um, on the 30th of November, 1882, it was the first ever international football match between Scotland and England. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, and, and, a, and a cricket field in Partick. And... <laughs> uh, and a, <laughs> But the thing was at the time was there was only one team in Scotland and that was Queen's Park. Um or one amateur team, but good enough really. It was Queen's Park. So the entire team were Queen's Park. England had a much bigger pool of players to pick from. Mm-hmm. And everything suggested England were gonna absolutely hammer Scotland. They had the best players, the bigger players, the faster players, you know, every all, all the attributes 
at that time that contributed to a good team they had. You know, football was the way it was played then. Likes of Messi, Iniesta, Pirlo wouldn't have existed in yeah. the game. Do you know what I mean? So, um, it was like a plan, basically, it was like a La Liga All-Stars coming up against Ross County. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, everyone was expecting absolute hammering. Scotland or Queen's Park went out and the formations at that time were a bit iffy. Oh, I've seen some of the the formation at the time it was like, uh, well, eight men yeah. on top. Yeah, yeah, it was stuff like that. So, like, in, in the leagues in England at the time, you were talking one defender, two midfielders, seven attackers. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's unseen nowadays. And uh, basically, Scotland or Queen's Park recognised that we're going to get hammered if we play their game. So what we'll do is we'll play our game. And they pulled another man back. The formation was still very top-heavy. It was a 2-2-6 two, two, formation, which at oh, that okay. time was defensive. <laughs> Imagine yeah. Mourinho playing that now as it's parked the bus. Yeah, yeah. So um, the idea that Queen's Park basically did that day is they passed the ball around and they didn't allow England to have very much possession at all. And they drew with them nil nil, which doesn't sound overly significant. I wish they'd won because it sounded all better. But mm-hmm. they, they drew nil nil all the same. And in fact, to the to the extent of Scotland being Queens Park to prove that, um, at the time obviously Scotland didn't have an FA setup. They had an FA setup, but they didn't have a team. Yeah. So basically, the the strips they wore that day were the Queens Park kit, but the Queens Park's wives, the players' wives, sewed a lion rampant, which is the wee with the red lion on it. Oh, onto yeah, the yeah, left yeah, of the yeah. chair and then, then the game Queen's Park said here you just keep them and then they, I adopted their, their, their now infamous black and white hoops so that's interesting wear navy blue because Queen's Park wore navy blue that way. Um, so yeah they drew in a little by passing the ball around a lot right mm-hmm. and that was where that was born so from then yeah, basically, basically, it was the start of the, <laughs> the it was the, the start of the chain of events that led to Tika Taka. Really, there's a few books that explain it, which I'll I'll comment, uh, I reply to when we post this on Twitter, etc. I link to them if anyone's interested in reading them. One's called Inverting the Pyramid, uh, the other one's called The Barcelona Legacy. I'm sure there's hundreds of others, but that's just two that I've read, um, which kind of link Queen's Park. Mm-hmm modern day football and how significant they are in that process uh, from there however um, so there wasn't big league set up but uh, Queen's Park played exhibition matches down in England and they were winning them all and so English teams started going right we need to play like them so they started playing like Queen's Park passing the ball around and winning games um, and so that's where that was born teams started passing the ball around playing uh, obviously it was a uh, it was Scotland and England that were playing football at the time and then it spread out into Europe so then that got adopted across the world basically from there um, but in terms of achievements yeah. um, Queen's Park won 10 Scottish Cups in the late 1800s early 1900s they're also the only uh, non-English side to reach an FA Cup final which they done twice so oh, right. yeah yeah. so I mean they're not a, sl- a sleeping giant in terms of, you know, AC Milan, etc. But I think when you look at it in, t- like in that time, they were the biggest team in the world. Yeah. 
And the only reason that I genuinely believe the only reason they're not kind of still even big in Scotland mm-hmm. is because, as you were here, we're matized with some of them. They, they stuck to their amateur roots up until this year. Yeah, true. It was quite a, yeah. quite a big, big move. Yes, they stayed amateur since 1867. Yeah. Uh, which you have to commend them for. They made income from Hamden Park, which is their home stadium and also Scotland's National Park. So the SFA have had to pay them to use it. They've, um, they've had investors, don't get me wrong. They've got a good youth system. Um, a lot of investment in that from people who are just generally interested in Queen's Park or the history of football or Scottish football. Um, so, yeah. They, they, they have managed to stay afloat in League 2, however, they came to the kind of realisation that they can't anymore. Football's too... Uh, money's too much of an influence in football nowadays. Yeah, very. Yeah. So, yeah, they've moved to semi-pro. Uh, they've got... Uh, it's a big step. Relatively, they've got a relatively rich owner now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're starting to make... I'm kind of happy for them. They've got... They brought in some good players... Uh, like uh, people you might not know, but Peter Grant is kind of a championship-esque centre-back. Uh, a guy called Bob McLean, who had played, uh, kind of, he played for Falkirk and Morton before that. They've uh, announced today at 3 o'clock they're going to announce a new signing, which is a big one. They've got a manager named Ray McKinnon, who I don't like because of how he treated uh, uh, how he left before. Yeah, because he, he's not got the best reputation in terms of his um, his loyalty. He could say that he's snaked both Rovers and Morton to move to other clubs. Um, however, he is a good manager, and he's certainly a good manager for the league that Queens Park are in. And I wish them all the best. I would like to see them come up and make a name for themselves again in Scottish football. Uh, cool. the, the, yeah, the mix of Celtic and Rangers coming on to the scene and getting more popular in the kind of late 1800s, early 1900s and they're obviously um, stubbornness and staying uh, yeah. amateur has led to their downfall. So they're, they're a bit of a, a different slipping giant. They're a different slipping giant through their own their own morals rather than you know dodgy owners or whatever. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's my slipping giant, my, my club highlight of the week, Queen's Park. The inventors of football, in my eyes, or the game of football we love today. <laughs> good, good statement. <laughs> Thank you. You have to be careful with it because technically it was in, in England that was invented. However, the, the game of football that we all know and love today, the, the 2010 World Cup one, the Barcelona side we spoke about so highly just before. Yeah, don't, don't, don't speak of the 2010 World Cup, please. Yeah, yeah, I mean. What a final <laughs> Still, Still sad to this day. It hurts me. Uh, uh, uh. Yes, anyway, your club highlight of the week, Matthias? Yeah, for mine, we have to travel to Germany. And I know you always like that. Germany's a nice yeah. place. Good place. Uh, yeah. And if I ask you who won the very first ever German league title, who would you think of? First ever German league title? Ever. Probably the Munich club. It wasn't. Um, uh, like against popular belief, it was a team called VfB Leipzig. So for my club highlight, we're going to Leipzig, and a club that is now better known as Lokomotiv Leipzig. Uh-huh. Um, now currently Leipzig um, in football is more known for its Red Bull team. 
And as yeah, you know, yeah. um, I'm not a big fan of the Red Bull teams. No. Just because of the, you know, the the money, and I'd call them plastic. Um, uh, Leipzig, VfB Leipzig, is a team that were founded in 1896. So um, they got inspired by Queen's Park, probably, and yeah. uh, you know, founded their own team as well. Um, they eventually got their, their fame in the East German League. Okay. Because as you know, um, after the Second World War, the country was split in two. And Leipzig is in East Germany. Okay. And East Germany eventually um, declared its independence, like under a communist rule, um, kind of puppeted by the Soviet Union. Yeah. Leipzig was a, a bristling football scene, and VfB Leipzig um, changed the name into Lokomotiv Leipzig. Okay. And Lokomotiv Leipzig is one of the most successful teams in East German football. Uh, a few good examples are um, they played in the European Cup for Cup winners. Um, they managed to reach the final in 1987, but they eventually lost against uh, against Ajax. And in the period that they played in the, the East German League, they uh, became one of the most renowned and uh, best teams in the league, winning the league on a few occasions as well. Um, the thing that happened in Germany, which kind of caused a lot of the East German teams to, to struggle, because as you might know, the, the only East German team right now in the highest division, um, no, actually, that's not true, there's two, but um, the only original East German team in the highest division is Union Berlin, okay. who were a team in the East German uh, like uh, first league as well. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and then now you have um, Red Bull Leipzig, who are not an original, because they were founded in uh, the late 2000s. Yeah, yeah. So um, then when we go a league below, there's a few teams that used to be in the highest division. A notable one is Dynamo Dresden. Okay. Who, who people might know because of their fans. Yeah, yeah. One of the most uh, recognizable teams in Eastern Germany. And also got um, far in Europe on a few occasions. They they played the final um, of the, the UEFA Cup or the Euro Cup 2, as it was called, in in Amsterdam. And they, I mean, they lost as well, I think, because the the East German teams weren't really successful when it comes to um, getting successes in Europe. But um, yeah, they they lost the final. And um, when we go a league below to the third league, there is some more teams, a notable one being Hansa Rostock. Okay. Who used to be in the, the Bundesliga a while ago. And then many of the teams are are found in the in the fourth division, so uh, the equivalent to League Two. Um, in Germany, the fourth division is called the Regionalliga, and literally translates to the regional league. And officially, these leagues are um, semi-professional leagues. And Lokomotiv Leipzig currently find themselves in the Regionalliga Ost, which okay. means the regional league East. Okay. Um, and I mean, their their rivals in that league are, are quite notable. Um, and also the Red Bull Leipzig second team play in that league, so that's quite a like a cool rivalry. 
that they have <laughs> going on there. Yeah. But it's an it's a very interesting league, and as you might know as well, um, the, the German Regionalliga, so the fourth divisions in Germany, are very competitive, and it's very difficult to get out of them, because there's five, and um, after that, like only some of the teams get promoted. So not all okay. the teams that win the league get promoted, because some of them get promoted automatically, and some of them have to play a playoff. Okay. And Lokomotiv Leipzig have been crowned champions of the regional liga Oost. and this means that they will have to play a playoff um, in an example some other teams in these other leagues have also been uh, crowned champions but they are getting promoted automatically locomotive leipzig have to play a playoff yeah um so they might get up back to the professional leagues next season which is a very very notable thing for them that'd be brilliant yeah, yeah, especially for, for like a team that has has fallen so far and they can finally get back up where they think they belong, professional football. Ah. And and where I think they belong. But um as I was saying, after the reunification of Germany, many of the East German teams fell down the leagues rapidly because of mm. the the financial trouble they faced because they were never, you know, known with dealing with money because in in East Germany there was a communist state. So they were funded by the state. Mm. They didn't have to think of money. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a very historic club, a very renowned club in, in Germany because of winning the first ever league title um, that was that was like played in Germany. It started all a bit later than in the UK because of the, the fact that the game had to travel down there first. Wow. It's the same thing in most of continental Europe. It, it just took a little bit longer for the game to be introduced. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really rooting for for them to to make it back up to the to the third level of German football. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it sounds like it'd be a big a big achievement, and it'd be good to see a team like them. Yeah, and there there's many other examples that I could have given in these leagues because you also have Energie Cottbus, mm-hmm. um, BFC Dynamo, which is another oh. team for Berlin uh, from Berlin, who were probably the most successful team in Eastern Germany. Okay. And then um, there's another team from Leipzig, BSG Chemie Leipzig, which just translates to chemistry Leipzig, because many of those East German teams are like still the you see that the communism, you know, they have the the communist yeah. influence name because locomotive Leipzig, it, it's locomotive because of the 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 train, you know, it was yeah. like the the train workers. And then yeah, and then the the BSG Chemie Leipzig is about the, the oh. chemistry, so the chemists. And that's a, a quite a theme, but um, yeah, I'm rooting for them, and I hope they they will do it. Well, if you've made it this far, thank you very much. Podcast, uh, now we're officially available only on Spotify, but Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud as long as as well as Anchor FM. Uh, and if you can. Please leave us a rating and tell us what you thought. Further online, you can also find us on the following social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Give us a like or a follow if you want. This will be the place where we first announce a new podcast episode as well. We hope you enjoyed our second episode. And if you did, hope we'll return again next week. Have a great week and we'll be back soon. See ya.